I need Eckberg. She's born in Malmo. I think it's pronounced it's a, Malamar. It's got an uh, umlaut or a diacritical, as you say, over the uh, O, which seems superfluous. I see. Super, superfluous, unless it's in the New York Times, excuse me, in the New Yorker, does not have... Oh, uh, okay, no, we get to start. Let's start with this. This is a big... There's, this, not, there's not a chance in the world that we're going to talk about that. Oh, come on. I don't want to talk about it. Please, I don't, I mean, may I... That, look, that lady's eating boogers for a nickel, and I'm not going to point. <laughs> Tell me when we're live. We are live. This is all live. Hmm. Terrific. May, uh, may I? Week. May I? Mm. May I just read an excerpt from it? No, you absolutely, absolutely, no way. May not. You may not. I have. I have. I have. I spoken directly about this. I shan't. <laughs> okay. I. Res- I. It means your show. So. I, I thought it was funny when you made fun of me. I enjoyed that. That was funny. But no, it was. It was stupid. It I was thought a, it was great. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll have to go search my inbox and uh, see if she attempted to contact me. <laughs> for a quote? For a quote? <laughs> so Anita Ekberg was born in Malmo with a diacritical. Malmo Skane. I guess that's part of Sweden. And that's got the little O over the A. I don't know what that's called. What's that called? Is that still a diacritical? Do you, um, do you remember last time you said that you thought... Mm-hmm. In not last episode, but in last episode, you said you thought that the episode prior to that, that it was the first time that you'd ever thought that you sounded like you were on Skype. And then did you listen to last episode and was it better? I'll, uh, I'll answer the uh, first question first. <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, the second question, it sounded great. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I got very nervous. And so we spent extra time in post making sure everything sounded. You think I sound sick now, right? You do sound a little, I don't know, congested or nasally. You know, I get the allergies. And so I was sneezing a lot before the uh, program. Hmm. So I had a coffee and now I'm here. I was sneezing a lot. I've been keeping weird hours, Dan. Weird hours. Why weird? What do you mean? It's just, it's, it's, well, it's a long story. We recorded You Look Nice Today the other night. And then at, uh, at 1230 in the morning, Roderick and I recorded the best Roderick on the line ever. But yeah, we I saw both. that you were talking about that. I haven't listened to that one yet. You know, hmm. I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something about that episode. It's my favorite episode. Already. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I think it's everything that that John and I have. It's John's show, but it's everything that we've been building toward for 59 episodes. Oh my and god! And it's it's really really bananas. It's it's uh, it's a master course. It's probably not a place to start, but <laughs> it's extremely special. And yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I know you won't listen to it, but no, I'm but, getting. I'm gonna check it out right after this. No, I thought you were starting with uh, S1E1. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm doing, but right after that. Hmm. I want to learn what the definition of ping pong is and where that comes from. I, I can point you to that. Okay. It's called table tennis, by the way. Mm. The preferred nomenclature. nomenclature. Across this line, you do not. Do not pass. Do not, do not. We've got that new TV set up, and I was watching the Godfather Blu-ray. Ooh. Brother. You know, so, people complain about the grain. They think there's too much grain. That's how Gordon shot it. Gordon shot it with grain. Gordon, Gordon Levy? I think you're thinking of Gordon Gecko. That's the guy who does the insurance ads with the uh, slick back hair. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. It's called brand awareness. <laughs> brand. Oh, I'm going to miss that little it's done. guy. I just, I, just, I just posted a, a picture on my weblog or blog of the, my screenshot of the last build and analyze in my Instacast. And it's grayed out. It's grayed out. <sighs> I'm going to miss that show. Anyway. It's done. <laughs> I'm going to miss hearing that. Anyway. 
I know, I know. They're they're dropping like flies. End of an era. End of an era. Cinderella's story. Uh, good week. Big week. Huge week. It has been a big week. It's a big week. We got a big show, a big show today for a very big week. I probably shouldn't we shouldn't talk about comics too much. You know, Dan, can I tell you something? Go ahead, caller. Honestly, thank you, first time comicer. I have I've gotten I've gotten I believe it was Richard Nixon, perhaps via Bill Moyers, who who coined the term uh, a silent majority. He I did see. not. I, now I think Moyers might have also written Nattering Nabobs of Negativism for, uh, I believe for Spiro Agnew, but I couldn't say. But yeah, there's a silent there's a silent majority. There's people who will never say things about things. So if people are annoyed by the comic stuff and the parenting stuff and the markdown stuff, they might they probably just go away. They just go away. We never hear from them. I've gotten several nice notes though from people who who like the pairing stuff and who like the comic stuff. So, you know, we probably just need to keep it short or not do it. Should we not do it? No, we got to do it. Yeah. No, we got to do it. <sighs> well, I'm reluctant to bring it up. I'm reluctant to bring it up. Why? Because you, I think we need to have an intervention with you. With me? Yeah. Who's we? Everybody with taste. Oh, oh. You want me you to know, read Saga? That's what you're talking about. You know what this is about? Saga. You're talking about Saga. You said some, you said some very unkind things and, and some texts to me. Right, but I kept, it, I kept it between us, between men. Okay, all right. I see. Okay, well, you know, you kept it as civil as you could, given how wrong you are. All right, listen, I read, I read the first thing of Saga. I wasn't in love with it. But you I'll tell you. Pointed than that. You hurt my feelings with that text. Oh, stop it. Do you know they have a baby? They have a child. Who's they? The two? All right, so I've got, listen, I've got the first maybe two couple of issues. I didn't even read the second one. I'm going to buy you the TPP today. I'm going to no, send it to you. I do this now. It's a thing I do now. I send people TPPs. I'm going to send you, I got, I got three people I'm sending this TPP to. But you know, if you don't like the first issue, you may not like the rest of it, in which case, I don't know. Maybe I think uh, we, we need to talk. All right, listen, I'll go. And, I read your Spider-Man. I went out and got your Spider-Mans. Oh Spider my gosh, person. I have, I have the, what is it? C- CBR, is that what it's called? CBR? Yeah. Comic book RAR? Okay, I've got the CBR of Amazing Spider-Man 700 on my computer right now. No way. No way. Way. Unway, un- isn't that so not out and like mm, yes. forward to? Yes. And I actually study English at some... I, you've got a copy of it? Yes. Like, like Roderick on the line 59, everything has been leading up to this. <laughs> I'm going to... Right? 700? Yes. I can't say how I got that. Those jackals at Marvel are litigious, my friend. Is it a work for hire thing? How did you get it? I just have it. I, I don't know how I, I get the people give, you know, okay. people give me things and if, I accept if, them. If, if Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 700 happens to appear somewhere where I have access to it. <laughs> you now, if it were on Dropbox, here's the thing about Dropbox. <laughs> and I think, I think you're going to see court cases about this. Uh-huh. You share a folder with somebody, something shows up there. We're not just talking about a 5.7 gig MKV, whatever that is. Yeah. You can drop stuff in the folder that person never asked for. Do you know what I'm saying? That's how, that's how I've come into things like this. I have a mm. folder. Sometimes the things are in the folder and then maybe they're not in the folder. I don't know. Absolutely. I've, I've had that happen. Some things, sometimes things are in the folder and then they're not in the folder. They fall mm. off a truck. Everything I say is by definition a promise. I promise. Is, is that it, good, fellas? That's, that's... Is that uh, Polly? No, that is, I believe, a line from the quote-unquote godfather uh, in the movie 
with. Oh, not the other one. No, the other, the other one. one. Yeah, it's the one with the lizard. Okay. What's the What's the kid's name? Matthew Broderick. Where he is, he is a. Oh, that's a really good movie what's with Frank the, Whaley. Yeah, what's the name? Frank of that? Whaley. Who am I, am I thinking of? The voice talent guy that does uh, Fred from Scooby Doo. Who am I thinking of? Frank Frank Wally. It's called The Freshman. The Freshman. Thank you so much. It features, uh, uh, features Mr. Uh, Mr. Marlon Brando. It features, oh, what's the guy's name? Bruno Gantz, the guy who's the, uh, he plays Clemenza. Yep. Young Clemenza. L- yep. What's his name? He's in, he's the limo guy in uh, Spinal Tap. What's his name? Bruno Mars. What's his name? Benny Goodman. Okay. I think you're thinking of Glenn Miller. He's the one who, uh, who got shot down. I think you're thinking of Dave Brubeck. Mm. 1990, <laughs> a film starring Marlon Brando and Matthew Broderick. <laughs> That is a good, you know what that is? That to me is like Wreck-It Ralph. I went into that with low expectations and I found it delightful. Didn't you just see, you said that you there saw... There is your Komodo dragon. That's right, yes, yes. I, didn't Strap you just see the movie pups. with um, with the uh, the monsters in 3D or something? Um, No, we're going to see Monsters Inc. in 3D. The new TV has 3D, which is really disturbing to me. Yeah. Um, but but uh, no, no, not yet. Not yet. I watched, I got, uh, with the new TV now, I've been buying, buying movies. So I watched uh, 2001 last night. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Ooh. Man, oh, man, man. So anyway, all I'm going to say, I'm almost, all I'm going to say is this. I'm going to say this. Shame on you. And I'm sorry that you cannot find the wherewithal to enjoy this thing that is making so many people happy. That that's fine. You know, I'm not your mom. If you don't like it, you can go live with your father. You don't want to do it. But what I will say is this, if you, uh, and, you know, here's the thing. Now everybody's going to say, usually one of the most overrated books. But, you know, <laughs> if you want to read the saga, the one that Dan didn't like, issue number one is free, free as in saga, if you go to Comixology. And I put that in show notes. I think that is a, that's a great thing. And, you know, like so many things, if you know, in this case, uh, you know, if you like the first one, I think you'll like the rest. Seven and eight, got a hell of a heart, a lot of heart in saga. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and just because I love you. Is this the season of overcommitment for you? Is that what this is? I'm going to pick up issues two through whatever is current. I'm sending you a TPB, my friend. I don't, want, we're done. I don't want it. You want the actual issues? Yeah, I don't. If, if the issues are available, I'll buy them. I don't, I don't like the trade paperbacks as much. I only get them if the... I, just, I don't understand you at all. I just... Sorry, long long box, my friend. Long box. I got a long box. I got my dividers. No, I got a long box. Mm. I thought about short box. I went with a long box. You know who loves long boxes is wives. <laughs> yes, they do. The two shelves of TPBs weren't <laughs> enough. Now I have the world's largest shoe box of nerd. Have I ever, I've probably never showed you the photo of the entire closet in my house that is taken over by, by comic really? boxes. Yes, an entire closet and a whole room. I bet they're really tidy. Oh, yeah, everything's organized and labeled. They don't and put I, stickers on them or anything? You put stickers on them? On the comics? No. Like wacky packs or something. Actual <laughs> <laughs> comics. Now, do you tear out the, the Marvel freebies? Because I wonder if that hurts the value if you tear out the, the Marvel uh, freebie cover. Well, I've usually already removed the cover uh, itself, so the freebie thing isn't a big deal. Oh, you game. buy them in cutout. Is that what it is? You get the remainders? Yeah, the remainder ones. Remaindered, remaindered memories. These are these covers. Yeah, you know, the organizing thing, I had to set it aside. I had to say leave it because I got started doing it you know, I put a link in notes to, the, to my collection on what is it called? Collectors.com or whatever. There's this great 
annoying, awesome, stupid app that I use for organizing. You scan them, it goes right in into your thing. And if you're if you're a real dingus, you can go in there and have all kinds of metadata in there and stuff. It's which I'm, which I do. Yeah. And like where you bought it, if it's on loan, who gave it to you, that kind of thing. And um, I I sat there and I made a new folder listing to support my desired organizational style, which I think I explained was going to be publisher, uh, series group, series, or possibly if I got all the metadata in, I could do crossover and story arcs. And then I realized my child was crying in another room. <laughs> she, was playing, she was playing with a dry cleaning bag. Oh, God. I, no, no. Nobody, not even the rain. No, had a, had a small dry cleaning hands. bag, so small. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, I just want to tell you that the, if you guys want to uh, check it out, the saga is free. You can go and get that. That's all I'm going to talk. I won't talk anymore. Now, you can talk about comics if you want. I feel like I've been talking about comics too much, but I'm, I'm genuinely excited about it. I know you I, are. I can't, I can't get on enough podcasts about comics. Well, it, it seems like, according to John Syracuse and the hypercritical uh, that I recorded with him earlier today, also episode number 99, mm-hmm. uh, that it seems like you, you've, you've flipped the bit somewhere inside of his brain that he is now... Did he tell you what I did? He said that you talked to him and got him excited about um, Saga and that he's getting <gasps> issue number one. Oh, my God. Did he tell you what I sent him? I think he meant. It's okay. It's probably private. Okay. Sorry. I don't know. Now, I mean, I'm sure he did. He talks so much on that show that a lot of the time yeah. I'm reading comics during that show. Right. Right. Just right. Kidding. A, Just kidding. Maguro Yellow Tail. What's it called? Saga Yajimbo. I still got to read that. Usagi I still got Yajimbo. the samurai Saga Yajimbo. Anyway, that's, that's who all. you were. You were looking at Usagi Yajimbo today, Roman. Uh, See, full to? circle. Who, who are you talking to, Dan? Nobody. Just Robin. Hmm. If there's a, if there's a, you know, if you got a pistol over the fireplace in Act One, you got to use it by Act Three. So you Is should. That the rule? Uh, yeah. Who said that was a Gogol? It's uh, pronounced Gogol. <laughs> no, you know, the play guy. What's his name? Anton Chekhov? Chekhov. Am I thinking of the guy from Star Trek? No, oh, that's Sulu. You know, I've never seen a full episode of Star Trek. The be- I've, been to Par- I've been to Paradise, but I've never been to me. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, let me just explain a couple things. Oh. I have been undressed by kings. What? I've seen some things. Oh, <laughs> just, I had some coffee, so we should probably finish up anyway. Can we have another podcast we don't put out that's about comics? Like Jimmy the Toucan. Wait a minute. I know that. <laughs> Jimmy the Toucan. I Jimmy know that. Jimmy the Toucan. Is that, he just wants to dip his beak? <laughs> just no. Just to get his beak I'm wet. I'm thinking of the black hand. I'm thinking of the black hand, right? <laughs> yeah. I had, I, had, I had black hands when I was 13. <laughs> what? Medical condition. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, just hairy. Yeah. Let's move on to some other things. Thank you very much to everyone. Uh, not going to talk about the Inbox Zero thing. New router on the line is great. Uh, should we get into the meat? Should we open the meat? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, before we open the meat, I want to tell you about something I like. Go ahead, caller. Okay, I'm really excited about this. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> I need to do like a disclosure and a reverse disclosure and a meta disclosure. Uh, I want to tell you about OmniFocus and Omni Group and something that they're doing. And, I, you know, there's not enough disclosure in the world for this because I've worked with them. They're sponsoring this episode. And I also, as anyone can tell you, I actually use the snot out of their apps. So uh, all of that said... And there's a, I don't know how much snot they put in by design, but I've used almost all of it. But uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. Something, uh, talk about a big week. It's been a big week uh, and a big upcoming year for Omni yeah. Group. Makers of software like what? You got your Omni Focus, you got your, uh, you got your Omni Doodle, you got your uh, Omni Bobble, <laughs> Omni Dingus, uh, Omni Graffle. 
OmniPlan. I think they all start with Omni. And, uh, and it's been a, it has been a big year for them. They've uh, fulfilled their pledge from a while back of getting all their stuff on uh, all the stuff they ever planned to anyway, I guess, on iOS. Mm-hmm. So you can watch their stuff there. Anyway, uh, they're just full of announcements right now. And I put some stuff in show notes about this. But we mentioned it last week that uh, they're doing something really cool here in San Francisco uh, during the time that something called Macworld is also going on here in town. And uh, it's called the OmniFocus Setup. And it's going to be very cool. It's, uh, it's going to be like a, it's a full day event. Like I think they're not exactly sure when it's starting, but it might start like as, as early as like 10. And the whole idea is you can come in and you can meet with people from the team. You can meet uh, a bunch of nerds uh, who are somewhat prominent in the OmniFocus sphere. Did I just coin that? I've never heard that before. It's a miserable thing to say. But uh, some, some of the nerds will be there. Uh, and what's going to happen is uh, right now, actually, you can go to omnigroup.com slash the setup and you can go in and you can enter ideas for questions and include your name and your email address. And I believe, I, I, I'm not really positive if it's registration required, but the notion is you go and post your question and then you can talk about it with like people who, who make it. There's going to be one-on-ones. You can show up at this thing uh, here in San Francisco. The location of this is really cool. Uh, it is... Let me get this right. I want, to, I want to make sure I got the name right. The Cartoon Art Museum. The Cartoon Art Museum. Right. You're going to be at the Cartoon Art Museum San, here in San Francisco, 31st uh, of January. And, and uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of uh, these one-on-ones. You can come in and you can talk to people. You can see how this thing works. You can see how amazing it is. Um, and uh, after the one-on-ones and uh, the visits, there's going to be a giant nerd panel. And are you ready for some of these names? Ready for the names? Yeah. This, is, this is a few of the names. There may be more named. I don't know later on. Uh, I believe his name is Karush Dini. I think he's a psychiatrist. Um, at, at the end of this podcast, I will really, really, really recommend his ebook on, um, on OmniFocus, which is just fantastic. What is the name of it? Uh, it is called something having to do with OmniFocus. But the guy, the guy's amazing. He has written the best thing I've ever read about how to use OmniFocus. He'll be there. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his, pronouncing his name right. Sven uh, Fechner is going to be there. Fechner? Hmm. Fechner? Uh, me, uh, Dinah Sanders. She did the Discardia stuff. Dee Sparks is going to be there. David Sparks, Tim Stringer, Mike Vardy. A bunch of people who are really excited about this stuff are going to be there. And if you're into the, you know, the OmniFocus thing, um, I think it's going to be a great thing to come to. And I'm really looking forward to meeting people. And here's the thing. This is, this is, that's just, that's just the appetizer because they just announced something today. Are you ready for this? Yes. Are you wearing pants? I always, of course. Gra- grasp, grasp them with both hands okay, to the done. extent possible. Done. Because the other thing that's going to happen is called the, uh, the OmniFocus debut. You ready for this? Yes. Okay. I hope I can say this. I think I can say this. Um, they are going to unveil OmniFocus 2 at this event. And you can come wow. to this thing. Uh, it's going to be after the setup after that event, you can come and you can join uh, the Omni Focus team and me and David Sparks on stage to uh, show off the new Omni Focus. And if you go to uh, Omni, this is all in notes, go to omnigroup.com slash the debut that has uh, a T at the beginning and a T at the end, just like a, a, a cricket match. Okay. And you go in, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> yeah, I just came up with that. Uh, you go in and you uh, you go and register for that. You put your email address in. You get to come to this event and you will walk away uh, with uh, what you'll need to get a beta of this app. This is all January 31st at the 
why do I keep getting this name wrong? The uh, comic, excuse me, the cartoon art museum in San Francisco. <laughs> you got comics in the brain. Hmm? Huh? It's comic? Comic what? Huh. Uh, and I'm going to be there, I think, pretty much all day, you know, with hand sanitizer and my Tyvek suit and uh, everything that I know about OmniFocus, which is more than most people will forget in their lifetime. Uh, I really, really love this app, and I'm, I'm very excited for these folks and what they're doing. Also in notes, again, more with the announcements. They have announced a uh, new version of Omni Outliner that's coming. Anyway, check out the stuff. Uh, Ken, uh, our, our friend Ken Case wrote a great blog post about what's going on, what their roadmap is, and uh, I'm really excited about it. So uh, if you only go to one place today, go to omnigroup.com slash the debut. That is in notes and uh, and get signed up because it's it's going to be pretty cool. You think, will you come out for that? Do you think? <clears throat> yeah, I'm there. <clears throat> are, you, are you there? Are you going to book it? I already booked. It's booked. Yeah, this is going to be cool. No, I'm. I'm. Uh, let me let me look at my uh, calendar, my schedule. Tell you what days I'll be out there. I will be out there. This is uh, this is January or is this uh, what? This is December now, but but the event will be at the end of January. Yeah, I'll be out there for that. Sure, Gen- January thirty second, as uh, John Syracuse calls. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there for January thirty first. Going to be one on the re- reading directly here. It's going to be one on ones. Um, popular topics people are interested in. We'll go. Into I mean, if you're there, I'm there. That's kind of a given now. We're going to meet someday, whether you like it or not. No, I'm I'm there. I told you the dates that I'm that that, that whole week. I'm there in San Francisco. I don't believe that. There's a, uh, you can talk about workflows, features. You can ask for features. Um, it's going to be great. It's, um, I'm, I mean, I'm still kind of digesting all of this because, I mean, uh, I've heard inklings about these things. One imagines that after one comes two, but uh, I'm really excited about it. And we will be talking some, again, <laughs> disclosure. <laughs> I planned to talk about this stuff before today, but, you know, now I've, I've uh, I think they call it a Chinese wall. I think I've breached the Chinese wall. Mm-hmm. So, so the preferred nomenclature. Anyway, enough said about that. So, uh, Go to omnigroup.com slash the debut. You can also go to omnigroup.com slash the setup. And uh, I think there's stuff about it on the homepage if you don't like slashes. Um, and uh, and I'm pretty excited about it. Do you think you, 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 think you can come? Can you at least I said it? I'm there. I'm there, dude. I'm there. You want me to send? Uh, how about this? I'm going to forward you the email from, uh, from my uh, airplane uh, reservation. To show mm-hmm. you the tickets have been... Will you redact any sensitive information from that? Purchased. No, I, don't, I trust Perfect. you implicitly. Hmm. In fact, I'll send you my credit card to hold. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, that'd be fine. Or I, we, we could also accept a passport or a utility bill. Uh, any proof of residence okay. would be fine. So, while, so uh, uh, yeah, so this is, this is exciting. And yes, I will be there. I'd love to be there. Thank you for the invitation, finally. Yeah. Well, you know, you're always welcome uh, to someone, one imagines. But uh, well, we're, I'm excited about this. Uh, anyway, we'll probably talk more about this in the future. But omnigroup.com slash the debut. And uh, our giant, giant thanks uh, to Omnigroup uh, for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. This is big, Dan. You know, this is big. Hey, I have a train in the background. Mm. It's an <laughs> elevated it's rainy. train. It's rainy. It's not. <laughs> it's been rainy and cold and windy here. Victor Wooten. Wooten. You, know Vic- you know who Victor Wooten is? The American bass sure. player? Composer? Oh, absolutely. Winner he's, of uh, uh, five Grammys. The, he's the, oh, are you talking about the Grammy winning bass player? Yeah, bass player. He Ooh. won bass player of the year from Bass Player Magazine three times in a row, actually. And huh. uh, we... What a terrific place to win bass player of the year. I'm going to send something. Can I send it to you in that... that... In, like plumbing U-joints journal or something. It wouldn't have been as meaningful, I guess. Where is that window? Right mm-hmm. here. I'm going to paste something to you. Do you see what I just sent you? Uh... Has it come through yet? I don't know how this works. 
I'll just don't send it in the iMessages because I won't um, get it. Send it in the dingus. Put it in the robot. That's in a different, it's a different <sighs> computer. You don't have like the ability no, to share. No, I have lots of, yeah, stuff. but it's a, ha- all right. I don't have an array of screens. Don't you know that increases oh, your productivity? I don't know how to do that. Can you paste an image into that's old version of Skype? You can't. I just send it to you on the phone. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. Oh, God. All right. Just look at your. Whoa. No way. Do you see that? Uh, I think it's Photoshop. That can't be real. No, no, no. So this is a special, um, this is a special cover. It's a var- what they call a variant cover. I know you're variant still cover. learning. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning. By uh, Todd Na- Nauk. And is that, wait a minute. Is that the Grammy-winning bass player? That is. And he signed a, uh, several of these issues of The Amazing Spider-Man number 669. And uh, one of them is on its way to you. What? Assigned, signed by Wooten. Wow, thank you. You're welcome. It's Damn, not man. From, that's... It's not from me, though. It's no. from my friend Ira. Carrie oh, Blanco thank- over at uh, Samson. I, I don't know what any of those words mean. What, what, what did you just say? That's Ira Carrie Blanco is the man's name. Isn't that three first names? I, th- I don't know if the Carrie is a, it's a city in North Carolina. So I don't know if that is a name actually. It's also a princess. But he, he's, he knows how much of a, a fan we are. Wow, how, how sweet is that? And he apparently Victor Wooten hangs out with, uh, with those guys and was there and he signed some of these issues and he thought we would enjoy it. And he said he, uh, he wanted to say thanks for putting on a great show for uh, 99 times. Wow, well, thank you. Can you, can you put a link to him in, uh, in, in show notes, please? Yeah. Um, Dan, Dan, can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Um, if people wanted to find show notes for this episode, where would they go? Uh, they would go to five by five TV slash B is in boy two is in the number W is in women slash ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Ninety nine. Nine. Primrose Path, Mrs. Bueller. That's really that guy. How nice is that? Very did, nice. Did I, I'm putting I'm putting this in the robot. Did you um Did you see my Baby Avengers cover? Yeah, I saw that. How cute is that, huh? So do you have it, or do you still mean to get it, or what? Nope, that's it. Bagged and boarded. All Boom. Right. Mm-hmm. Look at that little Spider Man. How cute he is. Man. Okay. So listen, um, you know, today I, I did not put the same extensive relink, linky relink links in the notes because I didn't, it was, I figured it's getting obnoxious, but uh, this is, uh, is it the fifth in our, in our series. Yeah. Are we up to five already? This is the, I believe this is the fifth in our ongoing uh, summer crossover series on David Allen's book, Getting Things Done. And this is, uh, this is where we, we bring it all together and wrap it up on a really, uh, you know, sour downer note. <laughs> it's not accurate. No. Um, this week, we're going to talk about troubleshooting with getting things done. Um, if you're interested in this stuff, if you're interested in getting things done, I'm going to recommend, strongly recommend, uh, well, three things. Uh, you got to read the book, Getting Things Done by David Allen. Really, you, all of this, hopefully this will be a useful adjunct to that, but you really do need to read and absorb the book um, transdermally if possible. Um, and second, if you're into it, you could go and listen to the four episodes before that. You know, it's optional. Um, something I, uh, again, I've mentioned this each, each time, but I finally went and listened back to this, uh, last night was the interview that I did with him in 2006 with, uh, with David Allen, the author of getting things done. And I think it really stands up. Um, it's, he's a really, really smart guy and he has, uh, Obviously, he knows his own material better than anybody and was really uh, game to answer any of the questions that I had. And I, I think it's really useful. If, even if you've read Getting Things Done um, more than once, if you've been practicing it for a while, I think uh, to the point of today's episode, the troubleshooting aspect, I think he really um, 
effectively addresses a lot of the stuff that can get people hung up about GTD in particular, but productivity in general, which is really what a lot of the discussion today will be. I mean, you know, a lot of us end up coming to a system like getting things done because we've suffered from things like procrastination, feeling like we're distracted, feeling like we're not sure what our priorities are. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, buying a new hammer is not going to make you into a good carpenter, right? I mean, you've got to learn the craft. And I think, well, you know, I think this is a book that can really help people a lot. It has helped me a lot. But there are, there are things about the getting things done system that are tough on people sometimes, uh, especially if you're just getting started with it. Um, you can certainly get very fatigued with it because it can be a lot of work to set up and get going. And so uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today. Does that work for you? I would be very interested in hearing that. Thank you. This is our very special Christmas episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christmas. 99th episode. Can you believe that? I, you know, it's really weird because for so long, uh, I didn't think we were going to do the show until that one day. Three. You got, you, you were in your kitchen. It was in my kitchen. I was standing at the, uh, the, the tall counter with my computer, the laptop. Checking your laptop computer and, and you said something to your wife. I what said, you say? this is this the email is the that email. I've been waiting for Wait. my whole life. Well, that was a year. Well, whatever. Okay. Um, and what did people say? How many episodes? You remember Three. what people said? Three. 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 That the, 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 the smart money was on Merlin will maybe do this for three episodes. And now I have literally not found anything better to do. So it's, it's a thrill to be here. 99 is a lot of nines. Five, five nines of nine. So anyway, uh, what we've gone through up till now, just to very quickly recap, uh, you know, again, the, the step zero, the step negative one is you've got to look at the book. I, this is in no way, I, I don't represent uh, David Allen or Getting Things Done. Getting this done is copyright David Code 2001. But I, uh, I really think it helps. It doesn't help. You have to read the book to really get this. Um, and in the preceding four episodes, we've talked about the philosophical elements of it, um, kind of how to get started. Was it four episodes before this? Has it, has it been that many? I don't really remember. Let me, let me just uh, bring up the notes. Go to, I'm clicking five. She's five, five for a living and then compensatory muscles. I think compensatory muscles was the first one that you, no. No, okay, yeah, because 95, yeah. you said go get your copy of Getting yeah, Things Yeah, and we done. talked about where that comes from, the compensatory muscles, 96. Right, 96, uh, 97, 99. Dealing with the stuffness of life, 97, Pope of the Office, which I thought was a pretty good one, um, was about actually doing stuff, you know, skipping over some of the specifics of the workflow um, process and getting into the, the doing part. And uh, last week, which I thought was also pretty good because I'm really full of myself, was uh, about the modality that lets you be more creative if you're using GCD. That ability to work modally where you're thinking about and planning work in, in one firewalled area to open up these hopefully um, large amounts of time to actually do stuff without feeling distracted or, or torn away. So we've gotten a lot of um, nice feedback from people. Uh, a lot of people, uh, I'd, say, I'd say a fair number of people have gotten interested in GTD because of this, but the largest amount of feedback, positive feedback that I've gotten has come from people saying that they're getting back into it. They're getting interested in it again, which is telling and, and gets us into the actual topic, which is that it really, you know, first of all, certainly there are people out there who are fatigued with even hearing the phrase getting things done, which I can understand. You know, it's one of those things like saga, where if you don't have particularly great taste, you might just get sick of hearing about it and give up after one <laughs> issue. Totally theoretically understandable. Right. Uh, but for 
this has happened to me. I think I said this to David in that interview. Uh, it's called Productive Talk. And uh, you can get it on Huff Duffer. You can get it on 4-3 folders. It's out there. It's in the notes. But, you know, I, I, one of the things I said to David was, I don't think 43 folders, I won't say it wouldn't exist, but I think it certainly would not have gotten as popular as it got um, if GTD were not sometimes a little bit complex to understand, a little bit um, time-consuming to implement, and sometimes extremely hard to maintain. It, it is a system that works, but the thing that you will get if, if you get getting things done, if you understand it, kind of get, is that it really is a whole system. It's part of what um, GTD addresses is the fact that you have all these, what David calls leaks. There's all these different ways that things can kind of sneak into your life or sneak out of your attention. And when you allow that to go on for too long, it can make you into kind of a crazy person, in my opinion. If you don't, if you don't really realize all of the different sources of input, all the places that your attention goes, is taken, is subverted to. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think one of the ways we start feeling overwhelmed is when there's so many things coming at us and we, we, we don't even necessarily know where they're coming from, let, a, let alone what to do with them or where to put them. Do you know what I mean? No, I totally do. And that's, that's, well, that's the confusing, that's where the confusion comes in. How do you mean? Because, again, you, going back to what you first talked about is treating everything as a project and now this is kind of the, the the further extension of that is that those things and slip when you talk about well wait a minute let me do may I backtrack for a moment please when you talk about those things slipping away and the the little things there was at one point I remember when you were talking about and maybe I'm getting ahead of where you're going today but you were talking about completely dumping a project that you you know you're never going to do mm-hmm. And the temptation, it's almost like the inbox bankruptcy thing that you're a big proponent of, <laughs> where you just declare inbox, you say, that I know I'll never get to these emails. Email, email bankruptcy, it's been called. Okay. This is different than long box zero. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think credit for that one might go to Dr. Drang. That's okay. pretty good. Dr. Dre? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the guy with that uh, whoop whoop keyboard. Oh, okay. Structural engineer. But you know, you know what I'm saying? How, how do mm-hmm. you, I mean, that's a, that's a temptation also is to, to look at a project and, and the feeling is that, oh man, I, you know, I did break this down into steps and now it does look like a project. And now I feel like this is something that's, I know I'm derailing you here. No, you're not. You're not. I mean, but also it's a great lead in. I don't mean to get all quite Chang Kang, but like <laughs> part, part of what, <laughs> but, but, but part of the problem is in, in the, well, I will say the problem, but the way that you're posing that is an incredibly like, um, I don't say common, but, but normal. And it's just the way most people think of things is they go, oh my gosh, I have all of these projects to do. And I can't speak for David, would never pretend to, but I suspect that what David might say is, well, that if you have so many projects that, that they're not getting done, you, you have to ask yourself whether those should ever have been projects in the first place. Because something that you said a couple minutes ago you know, dealing with all the inputs coming in and the most important thing being to think in projects, that's, I think that's partly accurate from a getting things done standpoint. Okay. But, the, but the thing is, it's, you know, there's this, I, I don't think I invented this, but I've used it a lot. You know, you should never organize anything that you could delete. You know, I, one problem with organizational books, and I've talked again about this, you know, one of the three or four self-help books I like was called, uh, it's all too much by Peter Walsh. Um, 
And uh, boy, the real the thing I really came away, I think we did an episode about it one time. I don't really remember. But one of the things I walked away with is that there's this really strange paradox about organization in some ways, which is that we, we worry about how being disorganized and we focus so heavily on, you know, if we have this mass of stuff and we're not sure what to do with it, whether that's our kitchen, our garage, our office, our life, you've got all of this stuff. And I think most people say, I need to get organized. And their, their version, the classic version of getting organized means taking your SUV to the container store and coming home with a lot of plastic boxes to put stuff in. Um, which might be a straw man, and you can probably get a box for your straw man. But, but the, the truth is that the first step is to kind of say, like, I think in Peter Walsh's terms, unless I'm butchering gurus, um, you know, what place does this particular item have in my life? to get me closer to the life I would like to have rather than the life I thought I should have or used to have, you know, that I want to remember or that, you know. And so if you start from that point of view with organization, with the physical stuff in your life, if you start by saying, damn, do I really need to keep this? You know, if I'm not a hoarder, like what am I doing with all of these magazines? Well, what you're doing with all those magazines is feeling some sense of irresolution, incompletion, or anxiety about what you're, what you think needs to be done with those. Um, my friend, Catherine, Yu, as far as I know, coined the phrase, not where you, you pay money to Netflix, they deliver DVDs to your house, and then you get mad at yourself because you haven't watched them. And you, you know, spitefully keep this DVD because you know, well, not, now it's not fun anymore. It's not fun to have st- paid to feel bad about stuff. It doesn't make sense to skip over that processing part of organization. I'm getting back to GTD in a minute, but I think this really, for most people, this really will resonate, you know, um, in terms of your garage or in terms of your closet. Like if you actually picked up every piece of clothing off the floor of your closet you know, <laughs> or hung up or whatever, you know, like I've got like, I've got all of these, I noticed the other day, I bought some more shoe trees and I was, uh, I was uh, <laughs> doing my shoe trees uh-huh. and I noticed, it makes me feel like a gentleman, Dan, I got to be honest with you. Awesome. I was noticing how many pairs of shoes I have that I not only don't wear, but I actively don't like. They're just, they're, 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 they're stupid, they're uncomfortable, they're falling apart and not worthy of repair. And yet they sit there because I paid for them. And I feel like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm being wasteful to, I guess I could give them away or whatever, but I don't wear them hmm. and I don't give them away. And I don't throw them away and I don't get them fixed and I don't polish them. They just sit there because I don't feel like making a decision about them. And so what's the solution? Well, the classic solution would be for me to say, oh, I need to get some shoe organizers. No, I don't need to organize them. I need to get rid of them. I need to have three or four pairs, five pairs, whatever, that I really, really like and take care of and then get rid of the rest. And and how is this relevant to getting things done? Well, if you say to yourself, I've got too many projects or like all these projects are sneaking in, that presupposes that you never had a role in deciding whether those should be projects. And you absolutely, you have a role and a responsibility in that. And this is, unfortunately, we did have to, for the, in the interest of time, skip over the many, many specifics of the five stages of workflow. But, you know, you start with collection. And, and collection is completely, as I say, promiscuous. There's just stuff coming in that hasn't been evaluated. And on the one hand, like, it's, that's great because you have a way of, I think I said this last week, kind of tossing something into the future to deal with. And hopefully that'll be in the next day to five days. You'll deal with everything in your inbox as part of the processing. Um, But it's also really freeing to know that, 
just because you got an email doesn't mean you have to respond to it, let alone do what's in there, if anything. Right. We, we talked about how it used to be when you got email, it was just understood that you would respond. Right. Right. And, and <laughs> I, I think I'm probably not the only person who used to feel like if I get a 10 paragraph email from somebody I'm personally acquainted with, a one sentence response feels rude. I had no role in how long that email was, let alone whether it has anything of action that I need to do in it. But I know that sometimes people aren't writing you about stuff. They're writing you to say, I love you in right. some ways. That's 10 paragraphs of I love you. And I don't want to respond with, uh, thanks, got it. You know, yeah. it, but do I have time to deal with that amount of stuff that I don't control? And I don't want to say didn't ask for, that sounds unkind, but I think there's an implicit part of our problem is there's an implicit understanding that we get stuff lobbed at us in our lives all day long and that we are pitiable victims of all of that because now we've got to do all of it, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. And in the final analysis, you are responsible for completing or addressing um, anything you take responsibility for. But are you willing to take responsibility for everything? Well, that's what collection is for. Collection is I have not made a judgment about what to do with this, or maybe it's something I need to make a new decision about, right? So, you know, that can, that can apply to lots of different things. Yes, it can apply to emails. It could apply to letters and invitations. Like I said, it could apply to boat. You know, if you just <laughs> know there's some, something to do about a boat and you're sitting at your desk, it's kind of, it, you know, unless you're willing to, to push aside everything else you're doing and think about boat, it's probably not the best time to do that. Maybe what you need to do is, if you're not ready to think about boat and what that means in terms of, you know, nouns and verbs in your life, damn, man, throw it in the inbox. And when you process and, and then organize as a consequence of processing, um, you'll decide what to do about it. So to, to, to hopefully answer what I think you're saying, which I think is a good note, um, you know, we do have all this stuff. We've got all these things on our plate. But what is so wholesome about getting things done, you know, part of what makes it such a great kind of hermetic process is that if you're really doing the system, this will all become self-evident. You do need to keep doing the system and do all parts of the system in order for it to work. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to have to say that, but it's if you do a buffet-style pick-and-choose of getting things done tactics, you will see and you will likely see improvements in how you work, but you will not achieve the half an order of magnitude or more improvement in your work of doing the whole system. Because like we said last week, that combination of having an inbox you don't fuss about for the moment, but then having reviews that ensure you don't drop things, those are kind of two ends or two sides that are very complementary. But in between, that processing becomes huge. And just to quickly review, processing. Okay, so I've got this big box full of stuff, whether it's emails or, or boat or whatever, and I pick it up from top to bottom. You don't, you don't skip. You, you pick up the top thing and you say, okay, what is this? And start right there. Like, what is this? And that answer could be, oh, this is a circular with coupons that are expired. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is, if you have 15 of those, well, that's either a collection or a mental disability. Like, why, why do you have all of those? And like, but think about, I mean, so that's crazy, right? That's really obvious. But like, there's probably at least one thing in your refrigerator that you really shouldn't eat right now. There's probably at least one time-sensitive thing in your stack, mental or physical, that is way expired and doesn't need to have anything done about it. Or if it does have something to be done about it, you're not doing anything about it. 
So first you grab it and you say like, what is this? And again, we, I can't go too deep on this because it will be way too time consuming. But, but a quick way to look at it is like, is this something that I need to do anything about ever? And if the answer is no, you throw it away and you're done. And now you're, right. if you did that, if you thought it through, it, what, what does this mean in my life? What do I need to do about this? If you really thought that through and you decide to throw that in the trash, I think that is a terrific cue to your brain that like you really are done with it. And if it comes up again, you'll deal with it again. But the point is now that's one less thing that you're not dealing with. Now, you things will come along and it could be a giant project. It could be boat. It could be company. It could be retirement. It could be health. It could be anything. Big projects, big things will come along. Index cards with one word on it can like change your game. Well, then you, again, you just pick it up and you say, what is this? And if you work your way through that process, if you decide that there's something to do about it, then you can say, well, I could do it right now. I could do it later, or I could ask somebody else to do it. And if you're going to do it now or in the future, think through it now. Don't think about it. There's a little bit of rehash, but you know, if you just say, okay, I'm going to do it. And you add new, new project, uh, pretend to do this thing. I don't really care about whatever you add this new project. You know, the thing is you're putting, like I said, you're putting compost in the crisp, in the crisper at that point, because that's stuff. If you know, you're not going to do that. Why did you ever let that leave your hand? That should have gone in the trash or should have gone into some kind of, if you like tickler file for something you might do in the future, the something, uh, someday maybe list is another idea David has. But I think one reason we feel so set upon and victimized by all these projects is that we never took ownership of having really accepted it as something we're committed to doing. And, and again, this is where the reviews come in. Um, these weekly reviews are where you go back and comb through everything in that inbox. Like I, like I said before, there are triggers that you can go through for this. All the stuff I did last week, all the stuff I'm doing next week, anything that's just on my mind. I'll do a little mental sweep and go through all of this stuff. But, you know, the part that makes that difficult, back to the troubleshooting, is that it, you do really have to set aside time, like actual time. You have to firewall time to do that at least once a week. And if you don't, the rest of the system is going to start to, it's going to bulge in spots. If you have a giant pile of stuff you've collected, well, that's great. It's great that you put it in one place. That's a huge first step. Not having these multiple buckets to the extent you can avoid it. But if you get a giant pile of stuff you've collected that you haven't done anything with, well, now that stuff is going to creep back into your brain because you're going to be saying, what am I not doing with that? Okay, well, if you've processed that stuff but haven't organized it into where it needs to go to be stuff you can act on or, or, or in the case of reference materials, find but not have to think about, like if you haven't completed that processing, you are not going to be, again, that part's going to bulge and you're going to stress about that. Um, if you're not staying up to date on organization, and what is organization? Organization is a sensible system for finding and doing things in a way that comports with how you work and, and what your values are. So, you know, how you name your text files, that's a kind of organization. Like where you put receipts, that's a kind of organization. And if, if, if you have processed things, but it's, not, but it's not in the right place, or you start realizing you can't find things when you need them, everybody loves taxonomies and tags, but they love applying tags, but they may not always think about paring them down later and thinking, you know, about how you actually need things or when you want to find things that can be stressful. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not doing enough stuff, if you're spending so much time thinking about organization and collection and processing. Well, it's kind of like you're going to know when to, to put it down in a way. Well, you do. And I think that the part that gets left out of work, not to be all Yakov Smirnoff, but I mean like part of what gets left out of workflow 
Uh, some people forget to work and some people forget that it should be a flow. You don't have to sit down and read the recipe for coffee every morning. You've done it enough that you know how it works. God willing, you know how to brush your teeth. You know how to drive to work. You've done these things enough that it becomes almost rote. Even very highly skilled people, especially highly skilled people, can do things that feel almost automatic to them that any of us would try to do. And it's it's murder. We were cutting up snowflakes yesterday. You know, we fold the paper and make, right, you know, yeah. cut up snowflakes. And like my daughter, like me, when I was her age, was getting kind of frustrated because I'm pretty great at it. Like I'm pretty great at folding the origami paper and cutting out an interesting pattern. And it's frustrating because I'm better at scissors. I win at scissors over my daughter in the same way that my mom used to win at scissors over me. And I'd say, this is no fair, mom. Like, you're so much better. And she's just, she just would say, I've just been doing it longer than you. She doesn't have to think about it. You know, she's got better motor skills. And it's the same way with me and my daughter. Someday she'll be great at scissors. But right now that's frustrating because she's not getting the results she's, she wants and she has to think about it too much. I, that's probably a silly example, but I think that's what your workflow should be like. I don't have to sit around all day and think about which scissors to buy and how to use them. I use them as often as I need to. I get as good as I need to be at it. And then I do other stuff. And that's what your workflow should be. And if you really work this system and stick with it, I, I can't promise you, but I feel like I can assure you that you will see great effects from it. But again, um, I want to get so slightly specific about this. Well, you know, why I keep saying this is difficult or whatever. Um, it is a whole system. It's, it's, it's going to be difficult to just capture things and then call that getting things done. Um, most of all, it, you could do every single bit of this, but if you skip over reviews, like I do so much of the time, then you're not really doing getting things done, you know? Yeah. I mean, buying, buying food is not the same thing as cooking. You really have to do all of this and then you got to clean the, clean up the dishes. And, and so just in, in, a couple things real quick. Um, the whole system part, enough said. It's, you need to read this book and do it all or, or you will start to feel the leaks. You will start to feel the pain. Huge thing for a lot of people. I, I don't, there's very little I can tell you that will make this easier, but I will at least tell you to be ready for it. It can be real hard to get started. I think a lot of people, one of our problems that we walk around with is that something that gives us temporary relief um, is very temporary. So reading a book, a self-help book, and then not doing anything with it, that is going to be a very fleeting kind of relief that you get. You're going to have to do it. It's, it's true of everything. You could read exercise magazines all day long. As I like to say, you could buy all the running shoes in the world, but then you got to use them to run. To get started with getting things done, you really do have to dive in. David says, I think he says it'll take you at least two days. I think that's conservative. Um, and the painful part of this is the person who comes to something like getting things done is already kind of wrecked. Like they're like, everything's falling apart. Uh, and then you read this book and go, oh, this seems really sensible. I mean, you read the first freaking chapter of that book. I don't know how you read the first chapter of that book without going, duh. Like everything <laughs> right. in here is so patently obvious. Now tell me how to do it. Well, it's, it's what you've been missing in the past is a structure that doesn't leak. And to make a structure that doesn't leak, you're going to have to find out everything that needs to be in that structure. And then you're going to have to put it in the right place. And I think that could take you five days. When I, when I wrote about this on um, 43 Folders, you know, eight years ago, I mean, one of the things I suggested in linked to on Amazon was like buy a 55-gallon garbage can or whatever they are. You know, those giant, you, you're going to throw out, I know, or recycle or donate, whatever works for you. So much stuff. There's going to be so much stuff you're going to want to get rid of to shred, to whatever. Why am I making a joke about recycling and giving away? 
Because that's resistance. Like if it really is important to you to give stuff away and recycle, why haven't you done it already? Because you're worried about recycling and giving away. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, how, how many years is that going to be on your mind? I say throw it away because if you have to think about five different places this could go, that's resistance. That's what's keeping you from doing something with it. Um, so whatever, whatever works for you, but like you, we can come up with all these different reasons why we can't do it. Well, I can't do it because I have to give it away and I know I don't have time to go to Goodwill. Okay, hear those words. You're monkey balls. That doesn't, that's, that's completely ridiculous. <laughs> But it just feels so great to throw so much of this stuff away. Did you want to do a sponsor? Am I talking too long? Yeah, well, you're talking good. But yeah, we need okay. to do a sponsor when you, when you okay. take a, I, take I'm a gonna breath. Okay, let me get through one more. Bit. Mm, good luck. Uh, let me get through one, <laughs> one more little bit of this. All right. So it, it can't, I, I don't want to make this sound harder than it is because I think for a lot of people who get started with getting things done, like it actually is not that hard because like anything, once you start really actually doing it, once you've processed 100 things in your inbox, and buddy, you're going to have way more than 100 if you've collected everything. But it's going to blow your mind how many of those you can delete or throw away or like defer for later or whatever. But if you've collected every single thing that's on your mind, every single thing you have a, an external or internal commitment to and you put it in one place, man, you are going to get so picky so fast. It's like you're changing planes and you have, you know, 15 minutes to do like three days worth of email before you disappear off the grid, aren't you going to get really picky about what you do? Well, why aren't you that picky all the time? That's, that's what this is about. If you go through all of that, you're going to realize how much stuff you can't do. And it's intoxicating because you're going to get super excited about the handful of things you're really going to do. And you're going to be ruthless about protecting your time and attention by saying, these are the things I can't or won't do, at least for now. So you do really need to dive in. And, and, and the thing is, you don't want to half-ass this. I, I'm not saying you have to go to Office Depot and spend $500 on file folders. I mean, there are, these are with fairly elementary tools you already have in your life. And, you know, here's one thing. You don't really, like, need a label maker. It's fun to have a label maker. I abandoned the physical file folder system a long time ago. Because it was, uh, one time when I was really into GTD, I had an entire file cabinet full of, full of stuff I never looked at. Oh, should I put this Eudora documentation under E for Eudora or Q for Qualcomm or M for Mail or... Wait a minute, I don't use Eudora anymore. <laughs> Aha, go back in the stack. Let's pop the stack, as uh, the cleric says, and, and realize I should have thrown that away or recycled it or given it away, hippies. Um, but you do need to dedicate yourself to all of that because plunging yourself 100% into this is, is going to be like a kind of detox. You know, if, if you really get into this yeah, and here's the thing, like if it doesn't work for you after like three days and you go, screw this, this just takes too much time and this is silly and too pedantic. I complete, I do actually completely understand, especially if you have another system that, that works. But all I can say for that part of it, that difficult part of it, the getting started is to absorb as much as you need to, to get directly into putting it into action. And what do I mean by that? Yes. Read the book. Sure. Check out some articles on the web. But don't watch every single video. Don't feel like you need to get artisanal pencils. Like you just need to get it in motion because that's, that's how you really get started is by the doing of that. And after you tell me about something you like, in the fullness of time, we'll get to this other problem, which is that it's so easy to fiddle and fiddle with these systems. But remember, it's getting things done. It's like not getting things fiddled with. And at every single step of the way, whenever it's hard, just remember you're pressing closer to finishing something you care about. That, that, is, that is a beacon that should always be lighting up somewhere near your face. 
is that you're doing this stuff for a reason. You're doing this to get closer to stuff you care about and further away from stuff that you don't or shouldn't care about. So you got to get started. Tell me about something you like. Oh, okay. I can do that. Uh, The thing that I would like to tell you about today is a little something I like to call MailChimp. MailChimp. MailChimp MailChimp.com. We both have been to, to their office. God, that's a handsome office. I wish every user, you know what? Every user should go there and ask for a tour. How many others? Like like 116 million people, 2 million, 8 billion people. How many use it? It's crazy. I saw it on their page today. They have a lot of users. But yeah, it's a I'm, tremendous office. They're all, they're very nice people. I mean, I'm sure there's some, some clinkers there somewhere. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, there, was, there was one, that one guy, he was like really retentive about the coffee. Oh, the guy, that guy with the thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, that guy. But MailChimp, they do, uh, they, this, their little uh, slogan is easy email newsletters. They help you design email newsletters and share them on social networks and integrate with services you already use. They let you track the results in a very beautiful way. And uh, they, it's like your own personal publishing platform. They help you customize your sign-up form so that it will match your brand. You can embed it on your own website. You can code it however you want. They can also just give you like the raw HTML with no CSS and you just do it. It submits right from your own thing. You can also embed it like in an iframe, whatever. You can also collect signups and things like that from an iPad. I imagine that you might be up on the stage uh, when you're talking about the Omni stuff. You might have an iPad there. And you could, you could stop your talk several times and, and hand the iPad down and say, please sign up for my, my newsletter. Write that down. Because there's an iPad app for that. Importing it, integra- existing, it integrates. It integrates with so many different so things. So many things, whether like it's Twitter. and out. Yeah, exactly. Twitter, Facebook, I mean, you name it. It's really, really nice. And there's never been a better time to try them out. You can have 2,000 subscribers and you can send 12,000 emails per month forever. And they have a special URL, MailChimp.com slash 5 by 5 That's where you go to learn more. While we were there, we actually did a show. We did a show from there. They have their own little recording room that they built just, just for me to use. Wow. Just because they knew I might, I might want to do a show while I was there. They went in and constructed her, an they entire studio. They want to be a good host. Yeah. Have it ready just in case. Just in case. Right. We, we did put, we put something together for a little something together. You might want to check it out. Go check it out. Artisanal. Built a uh, purpose. So MailChimp.com slash 5 by 5 It's pretty much free uh, forever to send that to those 2,000 subscribers and 12,000 emails per month. And, uh, and if, you'd, if you'd like to see what this process is like, for example, we have like the Frequency newsletter that we send. You can go to thefrequency.co and that's our daily news uh, show and newsletter. And that's, that's exactly how you could embed it in your own site. It's a very simple thing, but that's a good example. So go check it out. That's, that's fine. Awesome. That's, it's that's really, fine for it's, Merlin. It is fine for Merlin. It's actually it is it is fun to use, which is is seems super weird, but it's really they got a WYSIWYG that works pretty great. And the thing I loved is the ability to just do everything in HTML. I could do everything right in TextMate. I think somebody actually I never I never got it working. I had a permissions thing because I don't understand the terminal, but um, but um, but there's a TextMate bundle for it, I believe. But I would write everything just in HTML in like TextMate or BB Edit and just paste it in. And it, and it just works great. It's so fun to use. It's very friendly. And you know what? It's friendly to your, I hate to say users, to uh-huh. the friends that subscribe. Hmm. If they don't want to subscribe, they hit a button. Like nobody's mad. Done. It just stops. Yeah. You know? Um, and they're, 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 they're good people and they've been good to the network and they got a great product. Thanks very much to MailChimp for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. <laughs> oh my God, first try! I got it. I got it. Oh, I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it. You were halting. I felt your, your courage. It came coming through. Coming through. <laughs> courage. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Hmm. Should I continue or should we stop? Well, Am it, I just it, exhausting you? I'm probably exhausting you, aren't I? I am tired. <sighs> Did you stay up late? I was up late and I was up early. Because oh, I thought no, it was see, the end of the world. I thought it was the end of the world. I'll pick one. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, end of the world. Um, hmm. Sorry. <laughs> end of the world, what? Is that that Mayan thing? Ah, uh, fiscal cliff. Am I thinking of the guy from Cheers? <laughs> What's his name? He's the guy that's been in every Pixar movie, Ted Danson. Woody Harrelson. I don't know if he's dancing, but he's close enough for government work. Yeah. I, should, I think I should lay down. Kurush Dini. Isn't that a great name? Who is that? He's the guy who wrote that, uh, that Omnifocus book I'm, uh, I'm forgetting the name of. Huh. I wrote it down here in notes and I've lost it. I have so many notes. Dan, I literally have, I can't even tell you how many lines I got here because I don't know how to use the terminal. <sighs> I'm not going to miss that guy. Yes, I am. I can't believe John's leaving. Anyway, uh, so Getting Things Done is a book by David Allen. And uh, I'm Merlin. Uh, my co-host is Dan. Hi, Dan. How's it going today? Hey, bud. What's up? Uh, just reading Saga. Chilling. Uh, some other things that I put in show notes. Uh, I went through and did some uh, artisanal handpicking. Okay, nice. <laughs> of uh, articles from 43 Folders that uh, specifically... Oh, that's, were, your, were, that's your old blog. That's my old blog. That's right. My old, old blog. Uh, some of these things in here. Uh, boy, yeah, some of these are pretty good. This used to be a good blog. Uh, does this next action belong someplace else? Boy, that's a good question to ask. Um, how to do a fast mind sweep to get you back into things. And again, really, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to self-promote this on my site that I don't update much anymore, but those interviews with David are so good. Um, not because of me. Well, partially because of me, because I had some really, like, honest questions to ask him. But I... I think it's, it is a rare insight into how the man thinks and what a, he talks faster than me and he is genuinely excited about what he's doing and he's helped so many people with it. He's heard this same crap from so many people that he's hearing from me that he's really good at answering it. And uh, let's see what else, simplifying your context. Oh God, that's important. Trying not to, you know, again, you just shouldn't be pumping quarters into this machine for the rest of your life. You know, you, if you've really got to get this to where it supports how you work. You have to update it accordingly and then get back to the titular work. Uh, boy, you know, it was a good post, Dan. Uh, priorities don't exist in a vacuum. That was a good post. Mm-hmm. Man, you, you're pretty I used to write. Remember when I used to write writer, things? Fair writer, yeah. Fair to Midland. Fair to Midland. <laughs> I'm thinking of becoming old-timey. You're thinking maybe, of it. Thank you. Or, or maybe I might, I might just want to become, I don't know, a little rural. And someone your age can't really help it, just FYI. Hmm. Gosh, you're old. I found hmm. out today how old you are. Hmm. I got a, co- I got a Coke here. It cost me a nickel. <laughs> hmm. Oh, um, so, you know. Do you need help finding your pills? I need I need help not finding my pills, Dan. Someone should hide all of my pills. My pills. I was literally <laughs> editing and releasing a podcast at two thirty a.m. Oh my gosh! You should let someone edit it for you. If there I was can't. only a company that could help you in that. It's weird. Huh? Okay. I see, Dan. What? Save it for the after dark. All right. I, I'm willing to talk to you about this. Can I just tell you? I'm a little bit hesitant to move arguably the world's greatest philosophy and help podcast. Yeah. Bring, do you understand how much John Roderick helps people? I don't think you do because you don't listen to the show. So I, here's why I don't want to, why I don't want to listen, listen to the, the show. I want to listen to the show. Well, I want to be tall. Well, me too. Okay. 
you know what? We have a lot in common, to be honest. We're basically, anyway, yeah, no, I know we do. Episode. It's a really good episode. Um, some of the other things, you know, I, I, I'm beating this to death, uh, this the stuff about the reviews, but I think that once you jump into doing Getting Things Done, um, and, and again, it sounds, it is very hypocritical in some ways for me to say this because I'm not doing, according to Hoyle, getting things done these days. Um, talking about it and rereading all this stuff makes me really want to get back into it though. You know what I mean? It's like when you start talking about baseball or when you start speaking in a, like a language you used to speak, like, you know, if you had French or Spanish or like went to Europe and you start, you kind of want to start doing that again. Or like, I'll read a short story by this author and want to get back into it. Or I'll read Saga and I want to read all eight issues because I'm a gentleman. Mm -hmm. I, uh, this, this book has got like some of you, I'm, I'm happy to say it's gotten me re-energized about what a, what a great system this is. Um, but the reviews, buddy. Reviews are so huge. We covered some of this last week, but you know, there's there's something really powerful to giving yourself permission to unhook uh, from the anxiety of, of worrying about stuff that you're not doing. And I, I know sometimes I speak in funny riddles, but I'm when I say that to be creative, you have to know what you're not doing. That is not that's not like a jokey thing. That's a serious thing. If you know what you're not doing right now, what does that mean? Well, that means I know stuff that I'm going to do. Like, here are the things I'm going to do. What does all that mean? I'm, yes, this person, me, me do that. Gonna, I'm actually really going to do this. Do, finish this. <laughs> this is the thing I've decided to do. Is this another riddle? Is it? Because I think for most people, they go, I'm, oh uh, God, I guess this has to get done. Gonna, I really... Oh God, I hate this. Do hey, look, Facebook. This right, right. What is this project? I have been procrastinating, and now I hate myself, and I'm gonna go do something else and feel bad about that, as well as what I don't know I'm not doing. Once you know what you're not doing, you can unhook. If you feel anxiety about these things, it's either because you don't care about it, or because you haven't made a decision that helps you understand why you're not doing it. And think about how much crap most of us have all along the lines of the stuff in your garage that you don't want to deal with. Think about all the stuff that weighs on you, even just a tiny, tiny bit, because you haven't really made a decision about it. Well, of course I made a decision about it. I know I got to do it. Okay, well, then why aren't you doing it? I don't have time. I'm busy. Like that sounds, I'm, that sounds so silly, but that is really how most people think. They go in this, they, again, it's a self-pitying cycle of thinking that, of sort of abdicating responsibility for doing anything about stuff because you think all this has been visited upon you and you're entitled to be Johnny Sadsock about all that stuff, which, you know, if that works for you, more power to you. But the review process means that you give yourself permission to decide, I'm, I'm not going to do some of this stuff right now, but I'm definitely going to come back to it at least once a week. And, and here's how to do a weekly review in part. Um, one reason we don't end up not doing weekly reviews is that the week might've gone great. We might've gotten tons of stuff done and we go, Hey, high five. It's Miller time. But the truth is you have to actually set aside. He says at least an hour. I, I would say at least a couple hours to know that you've done everything. And I've talked before. We've, 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 we've talked here about some of the things that like matter to me, like calendar events coming up and in the past, things that are on my desk in front of me that I probably need to deal with and so on and so forth. But the reviews are hard to do because you could be great at all of those other parts, but you haven't really signed on the line that is dotted until you've done the review. 
Because if you skip a review one week, you might be able to slide. You slip it for two, two weeks, you might still be fine. But at some point, pretty soon after a week, for most people, the stuff starts creeping back. And you start getting the fear again about that stuff. And all of the work that you put in to staying up to date in that previous week or the week before that, it really starts to drift away increasingly more quickly. Because the review is what builds your trust with yourself. The review is when you apply all of that same direct mindful thinking to all of your stuff to ensure that for the next week, you don't have to think about it anymore. So a couple suggestions. Again, this is all in the book. Definitely worth reading the book. Um, different people will find that different times of the week work for them. And let's just, for the sake of argument, let's keep it you know weekly. Although uh, you can do it more, you can do it less in different ways. But I would say, I mean, for example, as I said in that interview with David, I, I used to really like Friday afternoons when I had a more structured jobby job because, you know, I've had jobs in the past where Friday was always the craziest day. But, you know, this is California. Nobody really works. So, like, after lunch on Friday, if I've got the energy, it's a great time to, like, you know, go through everything and say, you know, I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to play with the internet. I'm not going to do anything except take care of all this stuff that's on my plate and make sure it's up to date. But increasingly today... I, I, while I'm not doing 100% official getting things done, Sunday afternoons, I usually, we usually have like, you know, family time in the morning. And then in the afternoons, I come in and do a little bit of like meta work. I prep for this show. You know, I do all that, that dumb junk. I respond to emails. Right. I send out invoices. I do whatever. And I try to do as many of those mosquito tasks as I can handle in, in that one day. And I try to really process or I guess review you know, everything that's coming up and has gone by. The point being, it'll vary for each of us when we can find that time. But, but the answer we're not looking for here is I can't find that time. Because if you can't find that time, you shouldn't bother. If you're really going to do this, you have to build in those reviews. Um, and, you know, make yourself do it. <laughs> for at least a couple of weeks, try this. Give it a chance. But here's the other thing. Um, I have a post somewhere in 43 folders. It's in notes about uh, what I call the mini review, which is just like allowing time. And again, this is something David Sparks has talked about. Give yourself a little bit of time in the morning to do some meta work, meaning thinking about and planning your work for the day. It doesn't have to be a lot of time. It could be 15 minutes. I think 15 to 30 minutes is not bad. 15 to 30 minutes at the end of the day, also great. Now, what are you saying? You're saying there's no way. I'm already so busy. How could I add an extra hour to my day doing this crap? Well, part of the reason you're not accomplishing so much during the, those other six hours or eight hours or 15 hours or right. what it is, is because you haven't really thought it through. And you may feel because you don't have ownership of all the stuff that you're committed to doing today, this week, this month, this year, if you haven't really owned all of that stuff transitively, um, like taken ownership of that, then it's going to be surprisingly easy for the world to take you in other directions that you hadn't planned on, you know? This is really morose, but you know, if somebody in your family is extremely sick, or let's say somebody in your family has recently passed away, I mean, if somebody writes to like bug you about something really superficial, are you going to like spend a lot of time feeling bad about that? You may take the time to go, you know, screw you in the ear. Like I got something else going on right now, but that's clarity. If you're sitting in the emergency room, you know, holding your kid's broken arm while you're waiting to be admitted. Right. That gives you a real focus, a real clarity. Some people are addicted to that kind of clarity, so they keep breaking their kid's arm, I guess. But that clarity, it comes to you at these rare moments, 
and and some people it's weird like you suddenly realize how much in your, your how much stuff in your life like you can afford i don't want to say to get rid of because i'm not saying you should like kind of cheat at that but i mean like if there's a lot of stuff that you don't need to be spending a lot of time on but it's hard to know what those things are until you've really thought about all of the stuff you've got to deal with i, I can't help but come back to my priority you know care and sacrifice uh hobby horse because once you know what all of those things are it becomes a lot easier to say no to things so that half hour in the morning that half hour you know before you go home uh, boy it, it offers you a couple things well first of all i in my experience doing a little bit of meta work in the morning is a great way to start and for me that is not that does not mean checking email that does not mean like necessarily accepting inputs from others to me that's what happens like through the day in some cases that's the work the the, the, the real work is to say like what is the one thing i really want to get done today you know, boy, that doesn't sound very ambitious, does it? But if you pick one thing important to get done every day, imagine if you had, if you had, what would, how many, uh, what is there in a year? How many work days? I mean, it's two, what is it like 250 some work days in a non-Benjamin year? <laughs> imagine if you got 200 important things done in the last year. How many of you can honestly say you got 200 important things done? How about a hundred important things done? And yet, how much did you work? Well, what if you actually did? Think about it. You guys have had arithmetic. You can do this with me. If you actually did one important thing a day, think about how much further along you would be at the end of the week. But we don't. Because we do a thousand little things that may be kind of important. They're certainly urgent, as Stephen Covey says. But if you took that time in the morning to say, okay, what is all of this stuff that I have in front of me right now? And then I have to say, as a bookend, take that time at the end of the day to say, well, what what did I get done today? And what do I want to do tomorrow? And I've heard, I, I used to do this. Uh, this sounds really weird, but this is how my brain works. I would write out three tasks that I wanted to get done the next day on index cards and put them on my chair or put them on my uh, keyboard or whatever. And when I came back to work the, or you know, my workspace the next day, I didn't have to think. All I had to do was pick up the first card and do it. Now, why is that cool? Well, First of all, it means I am thinking ahead about what I would like to accomplish. Will things change? Absolutely, 100%. But how about this? If you did that for two weeks, if you planned out one to three important things, and really one is plenty, <laughs> getting one thing done a day that's really important would be great. Let's say you get three tasks you want to accomplish on your next working day. If you came in in the morning and you picked that up and you didn't do it, okay, you know, things come up. But try it again. Do it tonight. All right, Tuesday, I'm going to come in. Here's this thing. I can't do that kind of stuff to do. Okay, let's, let's try it again for Wednesday. Well, first of all, if that's the same task every day that keeps coming up, that should be very informative to you because it's something that the smart part of your brain knew was important and you still didn't do it. Second, regardless of whether it is the same thing or a new thing or a whatever thing, doesn't that tell you something about your commitment to yourself and your own trust and your own thinking and planning and priorities that you can't manage to do one thing a day, like within 24 hours? Do you actually have that little control of mm. your environment that you can't accomplish one important thing a day? Well, then why aren't you just breaking rocks with a hammer? Yeah. I mean, so that's what that review brings to you. I call it the mini review, but doing these little, little tiny bits. And again, with, with OmniFocus for me, a sponsor of the show today, um, I, you know, David Sparks has talked about this. In the morning, you go in and you highlight the stuff. Some people use the checkboxes. Some people use perspectives. Uh, the Karishtini system has a very canny... Uh, method of using uh, folders and projects. You this one time setup, and then you just see the stuff you got to do and you churn through it. Widget cranking, as David calls it. 
Um, and then in the afternoon, wrap it up. But finally, on that last part, I love having a buffer. I hate going home stressed out. I hate going home with my phone in my hand, like trying to catch up on what I didn't do. Jam, you know, I'm always joking with you, Dan, about compression. Right. Like, I don't do it well every day, but it helps me so much to have some time between whatever <laughs> I do and like, hey, let's go read Fantastic Four. Right. Like, I, if I can't enjoy that, I should just kill myself. Like, well, how can I not love that? But if I go home and I'm stressed out and I'm out of breath and I'm playing with my phone, death. So, um, that's reviews. We're running a little long, so I'll do one more. You don't have anything else you want to uh, tell me about, do you? No, I do not. Nothing at all? Nothing at all that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, do I? No. No, I don't. I just thought I'd give you a chance to throw in a freebie if you wanted to. No. Okay. Jackals. Um, okay, last bit of this. Um, something, again, I talked that uh, David talked about in that interview that we did. Uh, you know, one of the things that's great about getting things done is if you've ever gone all the way through the process, you've really gone through it, and you've at least stuck with it, I would say, for a couple or three weeks, um, you will probably fall off the wagon at some point. You know, as with Buddhism, as with everything, yep. there will probably come a time where you're not doing it so much or so well anymore. And the thing is, like, if you've managed to, to do it all once, you really can do it again. It doesn't mean you can half-ass it. You will have to re-throw yourself back into it, but you can always come back to it. And in, in some ways, like with meditation, like with Buddhism, you know, those, those times that you've quote-unquote failed make you stronger because it's shown you that you can come back each time. Nobody is perfect. What a cliche, but boy, is that ever true. Once you accept that, you also give up all the excuses you make about why you can't do stuff. And I've got plenty of them, believe me. But you can always come back to it. You can always get back in. So if you end up falling off, you can always come back. But when you do, keep, again, that beacon, right? <laughs> keep focused on, the, you, this is a framework. This is another great quote from Ethan Schoonover, the guy who created uh, Kinkless GTD. Was that, you know, he, he always said he likes to think of something like, then kinkless, now omni-focus, whatever you use. He likes to think of that as the scaffolding for a building. I thought that was so smart because there's just numerous analogies around that that make sense to me. So like if you think about, if it's your job to paint this house or it's your job to build this house, you're going to need to build scaffolding. Well, scaffolding might seem like a waste of time until you try and make a you know three-story house without a ladder. <laughs> scaffolding is all the infrastructure that lets you do your work, right? So... Think about it in that sense. If you were a painter, you would have to set up scaffolding. But like, it's not your job to set up scaffolding for a living. That's part of your job. Your real job, the thing you get paid for is the painting. The scaffolding is important. You've got to do that. You don't get paid to commute to work. But if you didn't commute to work, you wouldn't have a job, right? There's all these things, you know, shoot, dry cleaning is part of your job. Because if you go in looking like a hobo, you're not going to have that job for long. But the scaffolding analogy works for me because if you stay focused on that idea that whatever your productivity system is, whatever your whatever anything is, it should support the work, the, the making of the work, if you like. And, you know, at, at any time, you could choose to adjust the structure, the framework, whatever you want to call it for how you get your work accomplished. But, you know, above everything else, remember that it is about the work and consequently your life. I mean, I say work because it sounds fruity to talk about your life, but you need to build the scaffolding and maintain it well enough that you can paint the building. 
it, you know, if you build a 50 story scaffolding title, that's nothing that anybody's going to want to live in. And it's certainly nothing that you should feel particularly proud about working in. So that gets us to the last part, which is the fiddling. <laughs> and uh, one of the reasons that I dropped out of the productivity blogging racket is that I primarily first felt myself sliding deeper and deeper into the temptations of the system for its own sake and the system for the fun of the system, the system for the completeness of the system. And to be honest, that is part of what can burn you out or make you fall off doing this. Um, you know, if you're, an, if you're an athlete, you really should stretch before you run, before you pole vault, whatever athletes do. But like, you don't want to just stretch. You need to stretch as long as you need to, and then you need to do your workout or your competition or whatever. It's kind of like that. Like, this needs to become lighter and lighter weight in some ways. You need to like focus on the parts that keep the work in motion and not allow it to become the focus to the exclusion of the work. And I honestly think that that can be something that happens. Any tool that you use for productivity, anything that, you know what I mean? It's back to that analogy of the hammer. Like work on swinging the hammer. Don't worry about buying a third hammer until you've gotten good at the first one. Put differently, buy one really good hammer. Like ask people who know hammers who know from hammers, <laughs> a good hammer, and then swing the shit out of it. Sorry. And get really good at that. And you'll know when it's time to get another hammer after you swung it for a while. To beat the analogy to death, the Thule McTool tools, <laughs> don't buy 35 hammers. Don't assume that your crappy chair is a consequence of not having enough hammers. That's why people fall out of something like getting things done. That's why people struggle about whether they should have three-tab or five-tab vanilla folders. The answer to that is no one cares. It doesn't matter. If you can't make this work, as David says, if you can't make this work with a pencil and paper, you need to go back and read the book again. And if you blame this system or this anything for your not getting, a work, getting your work accomplished, that's really unfair in a lot of ways. It's just that for me, I realized that's what I was doing. I realized that I was leaning harder and harder on that accelerator of like, oh, I've got to do more of the product. I've got to like rarify my paper workflow folder system holders. And like, it became so engrossing that there was stuff I wasn't doing. And I think, again, like I say, I think that's what burns people out. But it, even if you don't burn out on it, it could become just as bad. Maybe you should burn out on it because maybe you need a break from it. But all I would say, I would counsel you, there's another post from 43 folders I put up. You know, there's that, I don't know, if this is, I think it's a Zen story, but at any rate, it's a, it's a good story anyway, where the, you know, the master you know, what, how's the story go? Or the guy says, you know, I try to show you the moon and instead you stare at my finger, right? Like, yeah, don't, don't look at the, don't look at the finger that when you, when you point at the moon, look at the moon, not at the, at the finger that is pointing at the moon or something like that. Yeah, you got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I think the title of the post is something like fractal implementation or on the dangers of David Allen's finger. And that's the problem. Like, don't blame David, don't blame the book. Like blame your eyesight for looking at the finger instead of the moon. Because any system that you undertake that's worth your time, that's worth jumping into, anything that you do should be in the support of the stuff that you care about. And anytime you're feeling burned out, anytime you feel you're falling away, if you're not catching yourself at the times when you're getting really, really deep into the stack on something that's a tactical implementation option, like stop and take the step back and say, how is this serving the beacon? Because that's, that's where you find the clarity. There's not 
a lot of clarity to be found in a manila folder. That's something that helps hold other things. Nobody wants to live in a scaffolding and nobody cares about your hammer. You should care about your hammer enough to make something cool. You might want to metaphor your analogy with the best tool for the job. But um, I think this stuff can get easier to use if you focus on what, what the outcomes are meant to be, to, to wrap this up. Um, the, it's, I think, especially on your first reading of the book or on your first attempt to do getting things done, it's easy to get really engrossed in the tactical components, as you say. You start thinking a lot about like how to keep your lists and what app to use for all of your stuff. And it's totally understandable. I would not have this airsats career if I hadn't started pondering those same questions. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't ponder it. I still heavily, really, really believe in the idea, the basic idea of life hacks, which starts with awareness. Be become aware of what, what the real problem is, solve it, and then move on, right? It's, but like the pursuit of those solutions, solutions that may arrive in the absence uh, of a problem, are, can be extremely distracting and really de depressing. It can make you, I think, very depressed if you're focusing very heavily on the implementation of something that you don't care about. And, you know, you should care about the system enough to make things that you like, but, like, it doesn't need to be your god. It needs to be something that you use enough to, to produce things that you like. And I think that goes, so if there's two mega patterns here to this, I think, I think one is that, yeah, jump into GTD with both feet and really give it a chance. If you're going to do it, like adopt the system and really do it and try it. But remember, but second of, second of all, remember that in, in putting that stuff in place, it is all in the service of producing stuff that you love. And if you're not producing stuff you love, go back to the getting things done model. Start working your way through all the steps and say, take all those 15 projects you don't really care about and don't worry so much about what folder they go in. Like worry about like why they're still there or why you're still at that corporate stooge job you don't like. Mm. Like, can you shuffle these things hard enough to make yourself care? Because you probably can't. Um, and some tips. Uh, yes, read the book. Yes, check out the Merlin Mann interview uh, with David Allen called Productive Talk. Check out those links. I got to tell you, if you're going to use... Um, OmniFocus. Let me go get, I put the link in notes, but let me go. Karush Dini. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I'm pretty sure that he is a psychiatrist and his, he has an ebook on OmniFocus and he, uh, you know, sorry to pimp OmniFocus, but you know, it is pretty great. Uh, his book is called, you cut all this out, right? Oh yeah. We'll edit this out and post. Okay. Cause I, I put it in notes. Oh, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Um, you'll be all right. I, th I, I honestly think I need to lay down. Do it. I'll put it in notes. Um, dag nabbit. I feel positive that I put this in notes. Uh, I'm ending on a, on a, on a fugue note here. Um, getting into something like OmniFocus in particular, it is, it, there is a lot to it. There are a lot of things that you can do, um, that you can do. <laughs> and if you're not careful with any, if any of these systems, it is really easy to get like super duper wrapped up in, in the implementation and the mechanics of what you're doing. And in, in an ideal world, uh, you'll find the tools that you need to, to not get wound up in that and to not get lost in that. Uh, and so here is Karush Dini musings on mind, music, and technology. We'll cut all this out. My internet is slow. Is your internet slow today? No, it's fine. Hmm. 
Uh, the name of his book is... I like, I like this. It's like a slower pace for you. You should literally cut this out. No, I, I will not. I, I, I thought, think I, I like... I thought I had bookmarked this. Natural okay. flow of the show. Yeah. Is... <laughs> if this is the book, I'm going to kill myself. I think it's called Using OmniFocus. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, you oh, know what's boy. great, Dan, for learning how to use OmniFocus is a book called No. It's actually called Creating Flow with OmniFocus, and uh, I, I I don't know what this thing costs. I bought it a long time ago with my own money, and uh, I thought it was just terrific. He's got some screencasts in here you can look at. It's at usingomnifocus.com. Uh, um, I would say try that out. Um, there are a bunch of apps out there for helping you with this stuff for every platform. There are endless numbers of tasks and to-do apps. It's amazing to go, when I look at my phone, or, I, or for that matter, I go and look at the productivity area on the iTunes app store. It's astonishing how many icons have a check mark on it. Like once you start noticing that, you can't unsee it. Like it's a very popular thing. There's been a real land grab in these. You will find the app that works for you in here. Um, but there are some apps that I have tried and played with and, and, you know, some people feel this way about OmniFocus, which I have to say I, I can understand, but you know, you can spend so much time on this stuff that you're trying to find the most, it's kind of like Emacs people or Perl people, but both of which are John Syracuse. <laughs> I mean, I, I get the sense that he actually does produce a lot. No, I think he does. There is a certain kind of mania that you can get into about flexibility and about personalization and customization, where if this thing doesn't suit what you need perfectly, you continue this, you know, this ongoing pursuit of like the perfect thing. Well, you know, I would say keep that in the back of your mind. In a getting things done way, maybe that becomes part of a, pro a project. You know, if that's important to you, firewall a certain amount of time to do that. But like, you don't get all the time for that, right? Um, there's apps like Things. I think Remember the Milk is probably still around. Remember the Milk is... Real, I think it's. I imagine it's still around. Um, I really like Remember the Milk. It can it can be very engrossing. I'll put it that way. But it's extremely flexible. I think it's essentially an API. The web app is, you know. Anyway, I'm not going to make John mad by saying this, but anyway, it's a neat app. <laughs> these are all out there. But you know, if you're going to work at getting things done system or any of these systems, uh, focus on those outcomes. You know, and and it, you know you start to really feel like a crazy person if you realize how much time you can, you can spend on the meta stuff of this. But, you know, in all of this troubleshooting and all of this, like, you know, ooh, booga booga stuff, I don't want to get off the original idea of this, which is I really can stand behind getting things done as, as something that you might really at least want to look at um, because it solves problems you didn't know you had, right? Like, like we say with, you know, and you go to your physician, there's signs and symptoms. You go in with a symptom, and uh, you tell them how you feel or what hurts or what's troubling you. And then the doctor learns a lot from the signs. And that's things like your heart rate, your blood pressure, like whether you're clammy, all the things you're not trained enough to notice. And like if we all went in and just diagnosed ourselves based on our systems, like or our symptoms rather, we, <laughs> we, there's a good chance we wouldn't get the kind of medical help that we needed. You, you kind of need somebody from the outside who's gotten a little more experience at fixing people to suggest that maybe this is what, if you don't mind, I'll be the doctor here and prescribe, prescribe what works. You get more flexibility than that with a system like this. But it's, it's hard when you're a smart person to think that, that you really might need somebody else's help or you might need somebody else's guidance or you might need somebody to tell you that you're solving the wrong problem. And getting things done really helped me with that. 
So I don't want to carry on anymore about it, Dan. I don't want to carry on. Okay. I'll just say, I'll say it's worth checking out. And I'm, uh, I kid a lot about David uh, and his company and stuff, but I, uh, I'm really, really grateful for the work that that guy has done. And I think he really has helped a lot of people. Um, you know, anybody who makes a tool that useful or makes a system that useful, I think deserves uh, our, our praise and admiration, you know, and what we decide to do with it is totally on us. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I, I'm not saying you got to use this system, but you got to get something. If you're not where you want to be, like you need a better way of thinking about and doing your stuff. And, uh, I think this is a, as good as you're going to find in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or you could just go back to making lists. Just having little lists on little piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Just put them up, post-it notes on your monitor. String. You know what else is good is yarn. Yarn is tying one list to another list. <sighs> or clippings from your yes, newspaper. Yes, and as much as I can say, you or get some old push pins, You get some uh, photos. Well, you need, you, need the push pins, you need the push pins to attach the different pieces of yarn. Received enemies. Did you, see, did you already say newspaper clippings? I've seen it all. I've seen it all in old hat. Mm-hmm. You know, there's patterns in there. Mm, you can see the patterns if you stare. You know, there's a reason that the letter E is used more. It's pronounced schwa. You, ever, you can't say the word ease without an E. There's no I in T. No. There's no P in urine. Want to button this up? I love you, Merlin, man. I love you too, Dan. Merry Christmas. You never said it back. What was that? What was the last part? You never said it back. Can we button this up? Yes, I would. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.